Good evening everyone and welcome. Tonight's class is titled Consistent Challenges and Thoughts Part 2. And tonight we will learn one of the most famous or perhaps the most famous words of the Tanya. Perhaps these are the life-changing words of the Tanya and those words are three words. Halivai yihi yabainani. If only you will be a Bainani. You know, oftentimes in our perception we dream big, we want to be a Tzaddik. But tonight the Tanya is going to share If only we would achieve the level of a Bainani. And with this understanding we're truly going to change our perception. And I'll tell you something, with this understanding we'll be able to have a whole new energy and appreciation, love for, love for, love for life, love for what we're doing here. But, if I can, I'd like to start off tonight's class by singing the Bainani Nigin. Tonight we're going to learn, if only we could be a Bainani. And there's a, there's a song that the Bainani sings. It's our song. Aside from Aisha Mandel, the Tzaddik. But the rest of us are, are Bainanis. Let's learn our song. Join with me. <laughs> Tai la ra 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 ma ya 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 ma ya 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 ra ma la ra 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 Tara ina 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 ira ma ila ra ra ma ina ma ina 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 ma ila ra ira ira Tara ina 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 ma ya 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 ira I la ra ma ina 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 ta la ra ma ina 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 ma la ra ma ina 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 Ta ra 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 ma ya 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 ma ya ra ma ya ya ina ta ya ra ma ina 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 ma ya ra. I am Ya 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 
Ram, I am Ram, This is a Bainani Nigan, and it talks about how each one of us have challenges, but every individual challenge that we overpower is our mission. Clarify, you want to surprise? Is our is every individual mission, every individual challenge that we overpower is a mission of its own. Is a is a is a massive accomplishment of its own. And. I was once in San, a few times I was in San Diego, but one Shabbos I was there and Rabbi Chaim Brisky, he was sharing how there was a, a young girl in her teenage years who unfortunately wanted to commit suicide. And her parents had called, had taken her to a psychiatrist. They had spoken to many different people and no one was able to really talk to her. They decided, so try a rabbi. What do they have to lose? So they call Rabbi Brisky, or Brisky goes to meet this girl. And he's telling us, he says on the way there, everything logically was probably already discussed with this young woman. She already went to the professionals. What does he have to offer? What do we as Jews have to offer that she may not have yet heard? You know, Rabbi Manus Friedman has a quote. It's an incredible, incredible quote. And it really is an outcome of a story he shares of a woman who went through terrible, terrible tragedy. But his quote is as follows. He says, God, he may not love you, but he for sure needs you. Very powerful, very, very powerful line. Now, we learn God loves you, but he's trying to stress his point. He may not love you, but he, for, he certainly needs you. Hashem has created the world in a method where he needs us to do our part. Without every one of us individually doing our part, he is incomplete. Like the Talmud says, that every person has to say, I am the center of the universe. Bishvili Nivrahaulam, the world was created for me. Dr. Yosef should say, the world was created for Dr. Yosef. Baruch, Sarah, each one of us individually should say, the world was created for me, and there's truth. That is the truth. We all have an individual mission and have to accomplish it. So let's go back to this girl. He's on the way to go visit this girl. <clears throat> and he was thinking, what can I share? Chapter 27 of Tanya. What does chapter 27 of Tanya share? What we're going to momentarily learn. The challenges itself are your success. Sometimes, unfortunately, we're, we're pushed by one challenge to the next. And we just feel like a failure. We're not gaining any ground. We haven't moved ourselves. 
And like we started learning last week, that's a selfish attitude. That's what you want. You want to go ahead and be able to change who you are. But that's not what God wants. Hashem wants each individual challenge you have, you should overpower. So, and he shared that message with her. Because one of the main things that was bothering her is that there were so many things that were troubling. Why is life, what's the value? Where, I'm not going to get anywhere. But again, we're gonna, tonight we're going to learn how every individual challenge, even if you don't accomplish, fighting, we don't fight for the goal. The fight is the goal. We don't fight to reach the goal. Fighting is the goal. Let's see this inside. Here we go. We are in the middle of chapter 27, page 118 on the left-hand column. Again, chapter 27, page 118 on the left-hand column. Third line, on the contrary. Do we see it? Or Sarah, can I offer you Tanya? Sure. We have one more. Chapter 27, page 118, third line. And we just previously mentioned that someone who is sad because he's having inappropriate thoughts but he's overpowering them. Ha! Why are you sad? You're fulfilling the mitzvah of to not follow your heart and your eyes. And now we're going to say, and on the contrary, if you are sad, such sadness is due to conceit in that he does not recognize his position Footnote number four as a Bainani, not a tzaddik. You want to be a tzaddik, but that's not who you are. Haha. You want to be a tzaddik, hence he is sad at heart because he has not attained the rank of a tzaddik. Oh, I'm still, I'm still fighting, I'm still struggling. I haven't reached the level of a tzaddik. And inasmuch as the righteous are certainly not troubled by such foolish thoughts. So I am still having these foolish thoughts, I am certainly not a tzaddik. So now I'm sad. What are you sad about? For had he recognized his, his station, that he is very far from the rank of a tzaddik. And abenani, here's the word, and would that he be a abenani. If only you'll be a abenani. Stop trying to be a tzaddik. If only you would be a abenani. And not a wicked person. Even for a single moment throughout his life. Stop trying to be a tzaddik. That's not your mission. Your mission is to be a bainani. Then surely this is the quality of the bainani and their, and their service. This is what the bainani is here for. To what? To subdue the evil impulse and thought rising from the heart to the brain and completely to avert the mind therefrom thrusting that temptation away with both hands as has been explained earlier. Okay, yeah, our job is to fight and constantly be pushing away the sitra or the klipa, the other side. And this may be our task, to push it away our entire life. My wife's grandfather was one day younger than the Rebbe. The Rebbe never retired. Even at age 92, 
for seven hours on Sunday. We have it on video. He was giving out dollars to people. Not, not eating, not, going, not taking any breaks. I don't, I don't know exactly at which stage. Maybe when my wife's grandfather was 80 or 70. He went to the Rebbe and said he wants to retire. He was a, he was a shochit. He said, I want to retire. So the Rebbe, the Rebbe was one day older. He said, when I retire, you can retire. <laughs> <laughs> we may be fighting our entire life till the last day. But that is our task. That is why we are here. So now you may say, ah, so I got, the, I got the bad portion. Yet, you're telling me I'm a, I'm a, my task is to be a Bainani. You're telling me my task is to fight my entire life. But this is not what, not what I paid for. This is not what I want. I would certainly rather be a, be a tzaddik. Isn't it so much simpler? All, you, all a tzaddik wants to do, he just wants to sit in shul a whole day and learn Torah and die. What a beautiful life. I wish I was there and I'm stuck fighting. I'm, I don't like this type of, this is not what I want. So now we're going to learn We're going to learn something amazing. We're going to learn that the Bainani accomplishes more than the Tzaddik. That means someone who is challenged is accomplishing much more than someone without the challenge. How are we going to, where, where do we see this? The Zohar tells us that when we do something down here, we elicit the same from Hashem in heaven. When we go ahead and do something in this world, we elicit the, we elicit the same in heaven. We know that there's, similar to what's down here, we also have in heaven. There's a temple down here, there's a temple in heaven. The Jews are in exile, in a sense we learn God is in exile. When we down here go ahead and we subdue the Sitra Achara, we subdue the evil that is trying to connect with us so that has a, a magnified effect in heaven and a lot of the evil in heaven is subdued and this accomplishes the greatest happiness to God ever there is no happiness to Hashem that accomplishes or brings about the same results as when someone has some, some temptation on his mind and he holds back in it. So let's repeat this. The tzaddik has a special connection with Hashem. He may not have challenges, but he will never be able to bring the satisfaction that a Bainani can bring. So we may always be challenged, but recognize that this challenge brings about an elevation in Hashem, a happiness in Hashem that none else can bring. Let me give you an example. It's, a, it's half an example. I mean, it's not a full example, but the story is, is very powerful. A Jewish man was in a serious conversation to marry a non-Jewish woman. His family thought this wasn't appropriate. And they made him a deal. They said, the deal is, you tell the Rebbe 
then we can't fight with you anymore. This is like our furthest... Let's see what happens. He's like, okay, I'll get my family off my back. And he goes to the Rebbe, he's ready for a big fight. And he tells the Rebbe, he says, you know, I'm planning to marry a non-Jewish person. And the Rebbe turns to him and responds, he says, I'm jealous of you. That's his answer. He says, I'm jealous of you. What's the meaning that the Rebbe, what's the Rebbe jealous of? The greater our challenge is, the greater power Hashem has given you to overcome it. A tzaddik that doesn't have challenges doesn't have the great power to overcome those challenges. Someone that's in shul a whole day and he doesn't, he's not in business. A teacher, he's in, he's in school a whole day, he doesn't really deal with the world, he's not really out there to get, have these challenges. So the energy Hashem is giving it to overpower his challenges is smaller. Someone that's out there and because he's involved in business and because he needs to fly around he may experience certain challenges he has a much greater energy a much greater power from Hashem to overcome them. So let's put this back together. The Benini is complaining and saying why am I stuck with this terrible package? Woe is to me, I'm going to fight my whole life. So the first thing we're going to learn now is lucky is you that you're going to fight your whole life. Lucky you are that each individual challenge and fight that you have you are accomplishing a greater elevation and happiness in God than the tzaddik. Any questions on that point? No? Makes sense? Sorry, I see a question for me. Is it that we're, uh, what if we give into it instead of try to fight it? Is it, are we making Hashem, or uh, using the power Hashem gave us if we just give into it? Or do you mean when we fight it? So, let me say it in, in terms of war. Two teams are fighting. The greater the other team is, the more ammunition you may get. But you could still lose the war. So the greater the challenge you're having, the more ammunition, the more energy God is giving you. But if you give him pure temptation, then with all that energy you're still lost. So you've actually unfortunately taken all that energy to an even lower level. Let's continue. Page 27. Sorry, page 118, chapter 27. Midway down the left-hand column. And with every thrust. And with every thrust wherewith he expels it from his mind every individual time that the bane and he pushes away an evil thought. Look, you could have 701 days. So now we're talking about each one of those individual 700. The sitra down below is suppressed. 
700 times in one day you've suppressed the sidrachah. And since the stimulus from below causes the stimulus from above, the sidrachah above which soars like an eagle is also suppressed. In accordance with the scripture, though you exalt yourself as an eagle, from there I will bring you down, says the Lord. Sidrachah is in heaven. Soaring like an eagle, thinking he controls the world, and comes a little man. Not little, per se. Baruch, for example, uh, Gershon is a big, well-respected person. But little in, in respect to the entire universe. Comes a Yid named Gershon, and he goes ahead, he's in the middle of his, he's banging something in the wall, wherever he's, his, his work has taken him. And something comes to his mind and he pushes it away. With that simple push in, in Vancouver, Washington, this eagle in heaven is suppressed. If you do it 700 times a day, could you imagine what type of an effect you're having? And we're already doing this, right, Mark? It's, not, it's, not, it's nothing new. Mark does this every day 700 times. He's a winner. More than 700. I just want to keep being on your team. He says more than 700. You see, you're even better off. That's good or bad. Yeah, to me, it sounds good. That means you're a winner. You're, you're put. Thus, the Zohar Parshat Truma Parat, page 120, it extols a great satisfaction before him. Blessed be he. When the Sitra is subdued here below, the Zohar tells us how great is it when someone pushes down the Sitra Listen to these words. For then, the glory of the Holy One, blessed is he, rises above all. When you go ahead down here and have an individual, you push away an individual thought. You're, you're elevating the glory of Hashem. Listen to this. More than by any praise. And this ascent is greater than all else and so forth. The Zohar tells us that the individual act we have done elevates God more than any other action in this world. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. The Bainani, when he has a thought and he pushes it away, he has elevated God more than any other action or th anything else in this world. Is that, is that good? Sounds, that's amazing. More so, are you with me? Thinking. I want you to think because it certainly takes thought. Gershon, Liz, is, that, is this, are we on the same path? Good. Good. There was some. Um Please, please do. In one of the Elmer meditations, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chabad went. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's today or yesterday. There's something about we were like a God uses us to create the universe. Yeah. And every person is like a needle. You have to be hard and sharp to get through the ordeal. Mm. But then, on the other end, you have the hole, which is nothing, which I assume is being open to God's essence or whatever. But that's what I think about when I... That's amazing. You know, as you were reading that. Just a little... You got, you strong and focused. Fighting. Thank you. What's the source for that? Uh, Chabad has an app for the... I had to get rid of a lot of things to get that app on. But, but uh, it was worth it. But there's uh, meditation. It's an accounting... I think it's very important to point out here that when we're saying to greatness of the Bainani, we're not talking about someone who wins every fight. 
we could be talking about a, a loser. That 699 times, or 999 times in a day, he loses. He loses the fight. But the one time he wins, he's a real winner. You know, they, they say in education that if a child win earns something, never take it away no matter what. If he does something terrible, you can't say you did something bad, so I'm taking it away. You earned something good, that's, that's his. He earned it. Show him. Every individual time, you could be the, you could be the greatest Russia in certain aspects, but the one time you overpowered it, you have caused a, a, a happiness to God like no other. And now, do we have any questions? Mark, any questions? Good. You'll be able to repeat it back to Hilo Shlomo? No. <laughs> no, I can I can try. Later on, we're going to learn a second empowering thought about the Bainani, even greater than the Rasha. But before then, we're now going to go ahead and answer a question we asked on the first page of the Tanya, chapter 1. In chapter 1, we quoted from Eov, famous Eov, unfortunately, who truly suffered. Truly suffered. And Eov is having a conversation with his friends. And in the conversation he shares, he says, God, Barasa, Tzadikim, you've created a righteous man. Barasa Rishayim, and you've created wicked men. That's Again, Eo says, you've created the wicked, you've created the righteous. Two questions. Number one is, what about the middleman? There's no middleman Hashem created? Question number one. Question number two is even more powerful. What do you mean you created wicked, God? I thought you allow man to, make it, to choose his own destiny. But now you're telling me you created wicked people. That's not fair. Hashem, everything is in the hands of heaven aside for a fear of heaven. Aside from what are you going to do? Maybe how much money you'll have, God decides. Health. But whether you're going to be righteous or not, God decides. So how could Eov go ahead and say, you created wicked people? That goes against everything we, we learn. But with what we've learned today, it's crystal clear. Eov was not saying, God, you created wicked people. Eov was saying, you created righteous people, people that, have no people that have no temptations, and you created wicked people, meaning you created the Benini, the, the middleman who is constantly challenged with the same thoughts as a Russia, as a wicked person. You see, the Benini, the middle person and the Russia have the same thoughts. They both have these temptations, these challenges coming to their mind. The difference between them is what they do with it. So Eov, Eov was telling his friend, he says, God, he says, God created the righteous. They have no challenges in their mind. And God created the wicked. Those that have temptations come to their mind. Let's see this inside. It is concerning this Sorry, oh, we skipped therefore, the most important uh, paragraph. Therefore, no person should feel depressed. This paragraph, if you take this paragraph and don't come back to the class, you're fine. <laughs> take this paragraph, frame it, 
<clears throat> make sure you wake up with this, you go to sleep with this. Therefore, no person should feel depressed, nor should his heart become exceedingly troubled, even though he be engaged all his days in this conflict. For perhaps because of this, was he created, and this is his service, constantly to subjugate the Sitra Achara. <laughs> Take it and frame it. Maybe you were created, maybe I was created, maybe we were created, to be this person who's going to constantly fight, hopefully win the fight. And it's not a bad thing. Because if you are that person, you have abilities that no one else has. Tzadik cannot have those accomplishments. You have the power to bring a elevation and happiness to God like nobody else. And this is the answer to that girl. The answer is, why are you sad? Why are you down? Are you down because you're thinking about yourself? Or are you down because you're thinking about your purpose in life? If you're thinking about yourself, you're right. Life may be very challenging. But if we're able to shift our perspective and say that the goal, we're not fighting for the goal, but the fight is the goal, if we're able to shift our perspective and say that the fighting is the goal and brings some, about something greater than all, then I want the fight. You know why I want the fight, Yishai? Because God promises He gives you the power for the fight. Sorry. So let's, let's recap this. Hashem tells us, Hashem will never give you something you cannot, you cannot handle. You've all heard the story of Shimon. Two Shimons were in a town. I probably, I, must, I hope I shared it. If I did not, I'm guilty. I'll share it again. There were two Shimons in a town. Shimon Aleph was poor. Shimon Bez was very wealthy. Shimon Aleph invested all his money in a shipload of merchandise coming from Italy. Shimon Bez invested one twentieth of his money in a shipment coming from Italy. The two, Shimon Aleph and Shimon Beis, both have both coming. And unfortunately, the sad news comes that Shimon Aleph's boat has sunk. He's lost everything. Well, they pass on the message to Shimon Aleph, and Shimon Aleph faints. He's lost his entire everything he's hoped for is gone. They throw water on him, and he comes back. He remembers, and he faints again. They do it a third time, a second time, and he faints for the third time. At this point, they're worried. And they run to the rabbi. They say, Rabbi, what should we do? So he says, go and tell them. It wasn't his boat. Tell them Shimon Bez's boat sunk. It wasn't, it wasn't his boat. Okay, nice. nice. Good, good trick. They go and tell it to him, and now, fine, everything's great. Comes back nice. Nothing happened. And news comes that the truth was they had made, they had make, made a mistake, and really it was Shimon Bez's boat. Not just that he told them to say. There wasn't a lie. So they go to the rabbi, they say, Rabbi, how did, how did you have this prophecy? And he said it was simple. Hashem does not give you something you cannot handle. And if Shimon Aleph could not handle it, if he literally was on the verge of dying, then it couldn't be true. 
It's impossible that God will give you something you cannot handle. What does that mean? Though? What if someone that has cancer, God forbid, and then they die? Oh, I, I, I appreciate the question. I'm talking here about a challenge. And primarily I'm talking about... I appreciate that question. You're saying, unfortunately, people... I just don't agree that God doesn't give people what they can't handle because people self-destruct all the time. People what? People go through traumas and, yeah. and they choose to end their life or they, Let, let's, or they get sick, physically sick from the trauma. Right. Let, let's so take... The, yes, no, you're asking a good question. Let's take these examples of trauma. Sorry, it's like I'm intense. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a very important question. And this is a primary belief, and I think we need to discuss it. We are not saying, I wish, I, I wish we were saying that bad things don't happen. I wish that I would say that, but I, I will not say that. It's not true. Unfortunately, in our perception, bad things happen. Really bad things happen. So what are we saying? We're saying that if someone goes through a trauma, they have the ability to find within themselves the will to live and be able to maintain a life needed. The outcome isn't, isn't um, Hashem's choice. Hashem gives everyone the potential to overcome any challenge. Correct. Correct. You may still, from an earlier class, you may still, in the worst situation, God forbid, lose your life. But you were talking about when people have to do a kiddush Hashem. Right, so, right, right. So God has given them a challenge that they may still rise up to, right. but they still may lose their life. Yes, the challenge may be, unfortunately, to give up your life for one of the three cardinal sins, yes. Right. Let me give you an example. If, unfortunately, someone loses a loved one, Tragically. Hashem gives you the power to continue life and to be able to find the inner strength to continue. You know, after the Holocaust, many people felt they don't have the, they don't have the ability to keep on living. But if you wanted to see inner strength, you just needed to look at a Holocaust survivor. Somehow, they were able to find this energy to really rise above their challenge. So again, do challenges, do bad things happen? Unfortunately, they do. But what we're learning here is that everyone has the, uh, the individual power they need to overcome their challenge. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least get through it. Or at least get through it, right. Correct. And like we're learning here, that the challenge, unfortunately, may not go away. You may constantly have that challenge, but you have the ability to deal with that challenge. Yeah. Any questions? Okay. It's it is concerning this 
that Job, that Eo said, you have created wicked men. Not that they shall actually be wicked, God forbid. No, Hashem didn't create bad people. But that they shall share the temptations of the wicked in their thoughts and meditations alone. The Benini has the same temptations as a Russia, as a wicked person. And that they shall eternally wage war. It's a scary word, eternally. You know what that means? It's eternal. It means your entire life, from the day you are born, till, till the end of days, you're going to be dealing with this war to avert their minds from them in order to subdue the Sitra Akhara. Each individual time that you overpower your temptation, you are subduing the Sitra Akhara. Yet, they would not be able to annihilate it completely, for that is accomplished by the tzaddikim. So maybe you didn't want to come to this class. Maybe this wasn't what you were hoping for. <laughs> this is not called a quick fix. This is not a quick fix at all. This is not a fix. This is a paradigm shift. But we are not at all, we're not telling you we, we're going to fix the issue. We're telling you the issue is a blessed issue. You all know the famous story. The community was very upset. They came to the rabbi, they said, Rabbi, I'd rather have someone else's challenges. Right? <laughs> and the rabbi says, no problem. Everyone, you write down your challenges and throw it into a basket. And let's, tomorrow, everyone, you pull out someone else's challenges. <laughs> that's what they did. They all, they all they threw their challenges in, said goodbye to their challenges, and put at someone else's challenges. They all came back two days later and said, Rabbi, give me back, <laughs> give, give, give me back my issues. I don't want to walk in someone else's shoes. Exactly. Okay. So now, I want, I'm going to introduce the next detail. The next detail is perhaps even more amazing than the first. You know... My children aren't older, so I can't share with you from real experience. But I can certainly share with you what I've heard and what I've learned. And that is that every child, no matter how many children you have, every child brings you a unique satisfaction. Every child is unique and, 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 sh and shares with you a certain delight that the other children can't give you. Well, let's talk about food. All of us could talk about food. And actually, in Tanya, we're going to, disc we're going to use it in the term terminology of food. There's sharp food, and there is sweet food. Which one is better, sharp or sweet? And any, uh, by raise of hand, I'd love to hear. Who th which one do you appreciate more? Sh if you appreciate sharp food, please raise your hand. Over sweet food. Yeah, we don't know what you mean by sharp. Oh, sorry, harif. Oh. You know, uh, really, really spicy. Yeah. I'll go with yeah. that. Uh, you know, really spicy, sour, sharp, but there's yeah. more than just two. So, each flavor <laughs> has a different... The, the definition of sharp in our context, I'll use the words of Tanya. It's taking something very sharp and hard to eat and making it edible now. Meaning you're taking, for example, something... Uh, let me see. You're taking something that was too bitter and you're sweetening it up now to be edible. So these are your choices. Do you appreciate something that is naturally sweet or something that was very sharp and is now 
been cooked in a way that it can now be edible. Oh. Maybe I should bring, we should oh, try it out. Next class, maybe oh, we'll, we'll try it out. There's so much more you talking about food <laughs> because they say bitter in the mouth is sweet in the stomach. Hmm. That each flavor, according to Chinese medicine, um, has a very different gift and, and affects the body in different ways so that you actually create saliva and more with bitter. But sweet is very expanding. Bitter is very contracting. Sour helps you digest. Got it. So when you really get into food, <laughs> that's not a fair question. Well, well I'm going to share with you what Tatania is going to share with us. <laughs> I'll share with you the word of Tanya. The word of Tanya is going to share that something sharp has a tremendous challenge over something naturally sweet. For example, now again, I'm not a doctor, but what, I lo what I've learned is, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that if someone has fainted, you could revive them, and one of the ways you revive them is by giving them something sharp. Smelling salts. Smelling salts. Something sharp has a certain has a certain power within a person that something sweet naturally doesn't have. That Sadik is naturally sweet. He's an awesome guy who's always smiling. He's that he's that son who he's a child, the perfect child. Never got in trouble. But you know people like you know you know the kids that get in trouble? You know they're the ones who are gonna make it big, that's what they always say. You know, don't start up with the, the kids that are Kids that are having a rough time, they're going to be the kids that are going to be innovative and get things done, you know? So, coming back to our conversation, the Bainani, the challenges the Bainani has, really, not only does it create this happiness in God like no one else, mm -hmm. but, this, but the cha this challenge that he has is like that son, is like that child who... We'll continue next week. <laughs> let's let's see it inside. Let's summarize this. I'm a, let's summarize where we are, and, and, and we'll see it inside. In summary, what did we learn tonight? We learned that challenges can be a blessing. Can be a blessing, but I want to take away the word challenges. So I'm not even talking about. I'm not talking about real challenges. I'm not talking about. God forbid, we, no one should have real challenges. God forbid anyone should have any any real physical, emotional. Anything, any challenges. But what I am telling you is that if you're having thoughts, those are not bad. Negative thoughts that you're able to subdue, not only are they not bad, but they, when you subdue them, you are accomplishing more than the tzaddik. You are bringing about a happiness in God greater than the greatest of all. And not when you do it a whole day, even if you're a loser. You lose 999 times. The one time you do it, you know what, God forbid, even if you lose for a year, but once a year, you win. That individual time, you have accomplished something unbelievable. And so in summary, if only we will be a Benini. If only we will not be a wicked, we will go ahead and push forward. Don't try and be a tzaddik. That's not... You know what? Maybe some of you here are, should be at Sadiqam. I don't know. I can talk for myself. 
My job is not to be a tzaddik. My job is to be the bainani, to constantly fight. But win the fight. And what a special, what a special accomplishment each individual fight is. Thank you very much for joining. Oh, oh,